Welcome to Rain It In, this is Matt. And I'm Rachel. So as promised, today we are here to talk to you about cooperative games. Um, we said we were gonna do that. Three months ago? Well, I was gonna say several episodes back, yeah. uh, which is also essentially three months ago. Um, but then we did some camping and we did some um, snack tasting, but we are back at you with a little bit more on um, games. Today we're gonna be talking about cooperative games. Uh, we're going to save our episode on iPad games for another one. And you can also anticipate maybe an episode from us talking about travel gear and gadgets. Uh, yeah, let us know what you want to hear about in the too, future. Yeah, I suppose. Um, and then depending on how long we ramble on about the games here. Hello, Laszlo. Kat is here to join us. Mm -hmm. The um, we may or may not get to another short unboxing. Um, people seem to have liked that one. We got more listens on that. We don't want to make it too much of a gimmick, but uh, it's actually fun for us too. Yeah, I don't know what country this one's from, no, so um, it'll be a it'll be a total surprise. Yeah, it'll likely come as a mini a mini sode in between major episodes. All right, well we will take a break and be back to talk about some games. So another disclaimer on our experience with board games and such is, keep in mind, these are sort of what we've been playing, what we've collected. Um, we are by no means the uh, masters of board games. I'm sure uh, some of our listeners have like full walls full of shelves, but you know, we've got just one good cabinet. We try to only, mm -hmm. only keep the ones we're interested in replaying a fair bit. So um, these are all ones that we've had pretty good luck with. They're good for us to play with two players, most of them, and... One exception to that. Yeah, but, well... Um, but yeah, most of these are playable with two players. Some of them also are playable with one player. Yeah. I um, mean, that's not... You cooperate with yourself in that case. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, so, but yeah, we're going to start out... The, the first one, obviously, I think is probably the most famous one on the ones we're playing, or maybe it's more famous now because of the time. Pandemic. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think Pandemic is pretty well known. Um, the like conceit of it is that uh, there are four diseases that you are trying to eradicate. There are outbreaks in various cities. You have to contain the outbreaks, search for cures, and then distribute those cures uh, around, around the world. Um, so that's kind of a, a quick summary. Uh, you have different roles, um, and depending on what role you get assigned, the game is easier or harder, I think. Uh, yeah, collectively. Right. right. I think the rules say you're supposed to randomly deal them out, but we've, we don't necessarily select them, but we sort of mulligan them. Sometimes, yeah. yeah. I mean, if, if we have a terrible combination, we'll consider drawing again. Um, but, you know, they'll help you get better at one of those things, get better at curing, get better at Traveling. researching, get better at traveling, right? Um, and uh, the first time, first couple times we played it, I think we misunderstood the rules a little bit. So we were like, this is impossible. Because um, we thought you had to clear every instance of the disease from the board, which right. is not what you actually have to do. Yeah, because there's also a timer, sort mm -hmm. of like as every time there's an outbreak, which basically means there's too much infection in one place, it spreads, and the more it spreads, the the harder everything gets. Um, it is so accurate to today's world. <laughs> no, right? Um, what was the other thing about it too? So this one, it does say it's like ages eight and up, 
it says it takes 45 minutes for two to four players. I think if you have played it a few times, you can get it done in 45 minutes maybe. Yeah, I think that's pretty accurate once you're used to playing it. Yeah, but I would bank on an hour and a half the first time probably. Oh, really? That looked Yeah, because I mean, we went back and fiddled with the rules and tried to figure out what was going on. Maybe it goes faster than I realized. Maybe you're right, maybe closer to an hour. I would say 45 minutes to an hour. Um, Depending, like with the two of us, we can certainly play it in 45 minutes. When you have more players, obviously there's more chatting and because um, mm-hmm. it is cooperative, right? So you share your ideas and, um, you know, put together moves as a group, sort of. Yeah, and, and so it is, a, it is a more of a traditional board game. There's, you know, it's the world map. There's different cities that are more likely to start certain infections, infection colors, because they're not really... Are they actually named? I don't even know if they are. They've got little images, but... Yeah, they're. I don't remember what. Yeah, but they can are, spread but. outside those areas, of course. And the the kind of nice thing about it is it's pretty infinitely replayable because mm-hmm. it's going. There's a fair amount of randomization about where things start, like how often things come up, right? Um, and you can also modify the difficulty pretty easily. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, because you can start on a harder level. I think we always basically start on the easiest level. Um, yeah, I want to say the last couple of times we played like one up from the yeah, like or something standard like that. instead yeah. of easy. But yeah, um, I don't know. I'm a person who likes games to be fun and modestly challenging. Yeah, I do not play games for a real hard challenge. Yeah, we'll talk about that one. The, the we're going to wrap up with Arkham Horror Card Game, mm-hmm. um, which Rachel has a little bit of an addiction with, and. That is one that we consistently play at easy or even easier. Yep. <laughs> so, easier or easier. We may be doing something wrong, but but it's it's, it's a hard. challenge. So um, what do we have for the second one? The second one is Forbidden Island. Forbidden Island has some um, some things in common with Pandemic because you have the roles again mm-hmm. that you um, again that will help you move things or um, find things or you know trans or travel um Mm -hmm. so so it's got some overlap there it does i'd say it's easier too right i think like it takes a little less brain power because some of the stuff with pandemic you really need to like be plotting out multiple moves ahead sometimes fewer yeah fewer advanced planning Mm -hmm. a little bit of it and uh this one forbidden planet or forbidden islands a little bit different too because it's not a it doesn't have a board board it has a bunch of tiles Mm -hmm. and so the tiles go down randomly um what was the name of the one? We only played it a few times, the Blue Blue Moon City or yeah. whatever, right? Kind of similar. You like build the you build the board and so it's gonna be slightly different every time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, similar to Settlers of Catan, mm-hmm. right? Where um, you know, there's some randomness to how it how it comes out. And then what as it goes, there's like two states, right? Like pieces of the island are sinking and you need to shore them up um, or let them sink. And if you lose too many, you can't connect and you can't collect the things you need to collect right Right. you have to collect four artifacts and then get off the island um you know uh and not have it all sink on you um so uh but that's a good one for two to four players it's a 30 minutes i also feel like that's fairly accurate yeah and because i'd say forbidden island i think one of the things that we don't play it super often but when we replay it it's a good one because it it takes a little bit of thinking but it doesn't take it's not exhausting and it's pretty mm-hmm. quick and you can kick through a couple of them. You could like have a chat with someone while you're playing it pretty yeah. easily. And I think, you know, we haven't done it right. The The box itself comes in kind of neat little tin, at least the version we have. Um, 
But you, with a couple of rubber bands, you could put that into a pretty small little thing and it'd probably true. be pretty portable. Yeah. And it doesn't take up a lot of space to play, so you could play it in a coffee shop cafe or something. Or something yeah. yeah. Um, the I will say Pandemic, right? Pandemic is one that's more fun with more people, I do yeah, think. Yeah, I mean, I like playing it two-player, but it is more fun when you can have more than when you can have more than two yeah isn't that the lesson of the pandemic no i mean it's plenty of fun with two people we've yeah. gotten into our routine which i hope most people have too but the um but yeah just that the the long time of not uh yeah. <laughs> hanging out with people the uh, oh other thing we didn't mention we haven't played it mm. but we've got some friends who haven't really love it there's like a campaign version oh, of, pandemic. of pandemic yeah and it comes out and like you're supposed to play it over like a one month period or something like that yeah. and um, yeah, so there's even more adaptations that you can potentially potentially make. And I think there's expansions maybe too for people who are really into it. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, both of those are pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, definitely good because they're on our list. But uh, the, the next one is one we also haven't played it actually in a while. Yeah, it's it, been a bit. Yeah, it, it's probably the, the one we play the least on these and probably the one we're least likely to play too often. But it, it, it's also one that could be a little more casual mm-hmm. um but it, it gets it gets pretty intense how much do you remember when was because we played it probably like a year or two ago yeah at this point and you haven't said the name yet oh um, castle panic castle panic <laughs> keeping it a secret yeah um yeah castle panic so it involves um you create these sort of well you create these walls around your castle and you've got characters that defend your castle from the horde of monsters that are coming in from the from the woods, um, and there's sort of like three levels of defense that they can potentially breach. You've got different types of weapons that you can use to to go out and mm-hmm. and defend against the. They're like mostly ogres, right? Um, yeah, goblinoids. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, not that that matters too much, right. but uh, just to give you a sense of the the flavor of it. That one, that one we have played, I think, with our knees. Yes, I was going to say, um, yeah. And it, like, usually we don't have a whole lot to say about children because we don't have them. But, mm-hmm. um, but I will say we played that game with our niece and it worked pretty well. Yeah, I'd also say Castle Panic could be a good one for someone who doesn't play a lot of games because it's engaging enough. There's, like, action going on. It reminds me a little bit of Space Invaders um, in a weird way because... The way the board's set up is you have a castle with walls at the center of the board, and then there's a ring of forest around the outside of the board with sort of concentric rings. Mm -hmm. And every round, uh, semi-randomized, right? Like monsters come out of the woods and start advancing on the the castle. Mm -hmm. So it is a castle defense game, ultimately, or you're doing things, you have different... Um, cards that you can play that have sort of like classes that could do different things. And, right. Um, and you're you're staving them off, uh, but then certain things can happen, like giant boulders can come flying at you yeah. from uh, from the woods and stuff. So it, it has some, like, intensity to it, It too. does have some urgency, yeah. Yeah. Because um, it's, it's kind of funny, too, I think, because it's, it's another one of those games, kind of like Arkham Horror, where everything, like, there's times when you're just like, oh, this forgot this this isn't that hard and then you're like oh my god everything's terrible yeah you yeah. never want to say that in Arkham Horror because <laughs> no. then it immediately gets impossible um so uh, yeah those are the first yeah, first, sort the first of three, three on the list yeah um we'll come back the second half are a little bit different the concepts. second half are a little bit 
I would say a little bit more challenging than these first three that we've talked about. And I would also say definitely for a little bit older players on the second three. Yeah, and a lot of them have around the same ages, right? Like Pandemic says eight plus. You, you can do that, I think, because it is really kind of like color and city matching. Mm-hmm. It's also um, a good opportunity to find out how Disease poorly spreads. you and other people can pronounce names of foreign cities. Oh, right. That, um, that's true, too. Geography. Yeah. Science. All kinds of lessons in there. Okay. So yeah, the next ones are ones that are, are definitely more, I would even say puzzly in the way they go because you're, mm-hmm. you're solving things to, to win. You're not just um, collecting and matching. Right. right? Yep. last three that we're going to talk about are ones that we've played more recently than the first three actually um and ones that are well two of them are are some of my favorite games for sure Mm -hmm. uh but we wanted to talk about this company cosmos with a k um they have some good cooperative games they have um and they're all pretty inexpensive i think but one of the things that they put out is like escape room kind of games i mean you're it's not called escaping like exit a room. Or something yeah, or exit. exit games. I yeah. forget exactly. Probably should have looked it up. But it's the same type of um, like mechanic behind it as an escape room, right? You've got puzzles that you need to solve. Those games are inexpensive because you do destroy the game throughout the process of playing it. Yeah. So you usually need to cut up the rule book um, to answer some of the clues, um, write on things. Uh, so it's not replayable mm-hmm. after you've played it once. But they are fun. Um, I mean, I wish it was a little bit less waste, but I suppose pretty much everything in there is recyclable. Um, comes in cardboard, yeah. um, has paper. Uh, things are kind of wrapped in plastic. But um, so, you know, if you're super environmentally conscious, maybe it's not the game for you, but I do find it yeah. fun and we, challenging. It's hard. We may have actually talked about the. Is it no exit? It's not no exit. Gosh, anyway, the. Um, K-O-S-M-O-S is mm-hmm. the company name. If you look it up online, you'll see they've got a couple different categories of games. But we may have talked about it on our second episode. We're mm, at episode 27 right. right now somehow. And I think we talked about it on our second because we were out visiting John. Right. Yeah, our New York episode because mm-hmm. we played it for the first time. Yeah. yeah. So um, the other thing that they put out is these adventure games. Um, and so the adventure games are um, cooperative, two to four players. Two to four? One to four. One of four players. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you have like a series of puzzles also that you need to solve. These are replayable. Um, you're sort of faced with choices as you try to. The one we played was Escaping a Dungeon or the second one we played was like industrial espionage, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so you've got things that you can... You've got skills, you've got places you can research. Um, yeah, similar to you have sort of characters that you play. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the difference, right, so if, if you're into escape rooms or that idea or think you might find it interesting, uh, I guess it's sort of the opposite of Castle Panic, right, where you're trying to keep everybody out mm-hmm. and the escape rooms, you're trying to figure something out. You're not actually escaping from anything, um, ultimately, are you? I don't remember what the... I mean... You kind of need to figure something out. Yeah, we the, had to... We had to... The first one we played was like a snow one and you had to figure out how to get the helicopter to come rescue you oh, from right. Antarctica yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, Cause everyone in your science mission had gone crazy. And yeah. And those would be a, you just can't replay them like Rachel had cause you destroy mm-hmm. 
the stuff and you write on it and you're filling in the clues to get other clues and um, you could rebuy them. I suppose you could replay them, but you'd need a, some time in between. Yeah. The. I mean, I could play replay the one that we played like a year and a half right, ago. Yeah. I don't remember anything about it. Yeah, it might go a little easier, but the um, the adventure games are replayable, but I don't think they're infinitely replayable. No, not in the same way that like Forbidden Island or Pandemic is. Yeah, because it's also puzzly based, but it's like story and puzzle. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a nice. If you've been missing D and D with your friends, haven't figured out a good way to do it online, it it gives me a little taste of that. Yeah, I would say that's fair. Yeah, um, it's like a role playing game, mm-hmm. um, and you know, there's different things you do. You like, again, like it is not a traditional board game. Right. You spend a you spend a lot of time sort of thinking about combining items. Um, you get these cards, so you're kind of walking through the story and collect clues which are cards and then you can combine yeah think about how the things might go together i mean i ended up with a trained rat that was that was my favorite thing that i've gotten yeah so far um he didn't really do much for me but you know yeah he, he was cute uh, um, and it does let you it, it obviously isn't it comes with a little app too which is actually pretty handy you can yeah. flip through the book and you combine numbers that are on the cards and um you know, there's plenty of things that you try to do that don't actually work, but there's there's some things you can try to do that are like a bad idea, right? Like you can destroy clues. None of it seems impossible to move past. They're not going to kill yeah. it. Um, it. It's almost like a combination of like puzzle escape room kind of thing, a choose your own adventure mm-hmm. story. Um, yeah, yeah there's, it there's is fun. a little bit choose your own adventure, yeah. I yeah. mean, and the nice thing is, I mean, both of these, both the Cosmos and the Adventure games are are inexpensive and small, um, mm-hmm. so they're easily transportable. Not that anybody goes anywhere right now, but... Yeah, and the Adventure games definitely takes more time. The, yes. The, it's yeah. um, the one that we have, well, both of the ones that we played, um, they have sort of three stages, mm-hmm. um, and you can stop after one stage or you can keep going but each stage the box says is 90 minutes and i think that's about right so yeah so even though it's not infinitely replayable like you definitely get a solid you know amount of play time out of it yeah i think it you know could take longer than the 90 minutes as well so i wouldn't like start it if you have exactly 90 minutes because no. it's going to take a little bit of time to figure out how to play it you know grab the app um does make it easier mm-hmm. the um but we played an entire one over like a long weekend, we just yeah. kind of did it in a few sections and just left it on the table. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, it gives you instructions like take a picture of it and, yeah. and, and repack it up in a certain way. It's a good one to take notes while you're playing um, so you can remember, you know, what questions have come up that you still need to answer. Yeah. Yeah, but th- th- that one's definitely cooperative too, right? Because you have to and collaborative because you, you, like, you do have turns, but. You have to trade items and stuff um, to do the combining. Yeah, mentally and in the game you have to work together. Those are really fun. Like, I'm looking forward to getting the third one at some point. So um, this one is not a two-player game, the next one that we're going to talk about. Yeah, you're right, because we haven't played it since. Yeah, our version of it is still in plastic. I bought it, like, right after Christmas thinking, Mm -hmm. like, oh, cool, we'll have our own copy, and then, you know, we can play when people come over. Um, 
it's still in the plastic. But yeah. uh, it's also a game that I like to make fun of the title of. Um, yeah, it's a game that I can never remember the actual title. So of. ridiculously long, but it's called Betrayal at House on the Hill. Mm-hmm. I usually come up with some combination of words that involve betrayal and house and hill. And maybe um, haunted, and which isn't in I, there. Sometimes I throw in haunted. Mm-hmm. Um, I purposefully don't say it the same way any number of times in a row, but um, it is, I think, quite quite replayable because you have so many potential little scenarios. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and there's at least one expansion that we don't have. Right. Our friend Brian does from, they were on the podcast, actually, for the Hawaiian episode, mm-hmm. and we were on their um, Animal Vegetable Marital podcast. Right. The um, He has the expansion, mm-hmm. and I think it gives you like 200 possible outcomes or something, yeah. 150 possible outcomes. Uh, it's an interesting one. It's another one where you, you build the board as you go. Um, you're basically, there's, there's two phases. Mm-hmm. There's an exploration phase where everybody is collaborative and working together and you're trying to look through this house and find cards. And, and the house is haunted. Come yeah. On. So I don't know why haunted isn't in the name. I Probably mean, copyright. Oh, right. The... Um, kind of. I mean, Haunting of Hill House, like... You could put haunted and house in the same title. I know. I don't know. It, why does it have to be on a hill? That's the real. I don't know. That's the real question that we have here. No, there's because you never leave the house. Right. So <laughs> that's it the, doesn't matter that this yeah. house is on a hill. Maybe it's in space, and Maybe that's it why is we in can't space. ever leave. <laughs> the, um, but it, it's it's a fun game because the, the two the two phases are very distinct, and the rule book is separate. And mm-hmm. so you you run around, you're looking for these things, you're finding clues, ah, not even clues, you're finding weapons and items, and having bad stuff happen to you. Right. Um, again, you play characters that have different stats. Mm-hmm. Um, you can choose between a handful of them. There's also an app for it, but I usually just use a little card. Yeah, Rachel and Brian are, are app users. We use the apps just to keep track of like health and sanity and stuff. Yeah, and but then you sort of collect bad omens as mm-hmm. things go on and there's sort of this like it's like a doom timer or something i guess yeah. the, you don't doom timer is sort of in the second part but every time you come across an omen you make a roll it has like a million six-sided dice mm-hmm. um, and then once you once you hit a certain point um and roll yeah you can sort of hold off right the it, haunting but it tips over at a certain point and then the, the haunt starts, which is also why it should, it have, should have haunt, in, haunt there. in the title. I know. That's why it does when I make up the title. Haunt um, the house on Betrayal Hill. The, yeah, haunt the, haunt the Betrayal Hill house. <laughs> uh, but then the second phase is the fun, extra fun part because the That's when like the betrayal rules. comes into fa- Yeah, the in betrayal the, comes in too. So that is important in the title. Right. And that's why you that can't that's why you can't play it, I think, with two players. Yeah. Um, because it would be too hard. But um one one person on the team betrays the other people on the team. He gets but you he don't... or she gets like, you know, um possessed. That's the word that I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. He gets possessed or They're just a bad actor. Um, right. Or they've been, you know, on the other side all along or something happens mm-hmm. to make one of the one of the players go over to the other side and then they're actively working against you, but you don't know how. Right. right. So um, you do know who the betrayer is because they have to read a separate rule book. Yeah, because um, the, the team the the group splits. Mm-hmm. So whoever the betrayer is takes one rule book and whoever the rest are mm-hmm. take another rule book and then each of them gets information about how the rest of the game will progress right. and then you choose you determine what the haunt is based on or what the betrayal is or whatever phase two based on like what omen 
an yeah. object or something what is found in what room. room. Yeah. yeah, so there's so it's it's always very different. Yeah. I don't know if we've ever had the same one twice. We might Maybe once. Have, yeah. And uh, we've probably played it ten times. Yeah. Um, and it is, yeah, just totally random. I mean, we did one that was like a saw sort of takeoff. Yeah. We did one that was a... Oh, Monster Mash we got Monster twice, Mash. I think. No, we, Monster Mash we only got once, but that's when I won as yeah. the betrayer. So I was very thrilled about that. We um, beat the good guys. What's the other one, too? Because it was, like, there was one where nobody was the betrayer was kind of nice. Yeah. But we didn't quite realize that. Or maybe we did realize that. I forget how it worked. But, but so, it's, it's fun enough that it's different every time. Mm-hmm. This one can be a blatant, blatant lie, though. It says an hour. Yeah, I've never played it in an hour. No, we literally played it for two and a half hours with four people one time. Yeah, it just was going on forever. Yeah. And I think part of it depends on how long it takes you to get to the haunt, because mm-hmm. um, it can potentially take quite a while yeah. before that kicks over, depending on your dice rolls, and then mm-hmm. how complicated the, the haunt is. Um, so definitely the lesson we learned in that game is... If you're drinking adult beverages, pace yourself. Right, yeah. <laughs> it turned into a long night. So yeah, it was it did. A fun. I mean, and yeah. then, yes, you get drunker and things get slower. Or your focus mm-hmm. slips a little bit, you know, after you've been drinking for two hours while playing this game. Yeah. Thank goodness for for Lyft in the days of pre-COVID. Yeah, exactly. Um Okay. Um, that one's fun though. That like like that one because even whoever wins, like I don't think we've ever had a. We've had some where the game mechanic doesn't work out awesome. And even though you have a betrayer, everyone's it becomes fun in a good way. Maybe you have to play with fun people or something too, but um Don't choose your jerk friends. Yeah. That that's pretty much for any game. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um So what's the last one? The last one. The last one um kind of builds on uh the yeah. the creepy aspect of House on the Haunted Hill. Um and it's got some of the same kind of mechanic in that you have physical health and you also have sanity mm-hmm. that you can lose and that will if you lose all of them will kill you yeah um arkham horror though arkham um, horror card game the living card game the um, living card game yeah okay. uh so you can build a deck and play it throughout multiple different scenarios mm-hmm. um i find arkham horror very fun we've been playing it a lot uh when i say rachel's obsessed with it i'm not kidding like i we've probably spent more time playing Arkham Horror during the pandemic than we have cooking food for like all of our meals. No, that's <laughs> you don't but think we, so. I mean, we've certainly, I think we've probably played, we've played it as much as we've watched movies for oh, sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, uh, so it, um, anyway, like same thing, right? Your investigators, mm-hmm. your investigators have certain skills um, and they have a certain sanity and physical um, fitness sort of level. Uh, and different cards can impact those. Um, it's complicated. Let's back up before we get into some of that too, though, right? Because okay. it, it's Arkham Horror card game or Arkham Horror the Living Card Game. The that I found that incredibly confusing when it first started because even though it's cards, it feels more like a board game to me, even though that there's no board. Um, but so there's like different campaigns. There's a base game that you need to buy. Right. And the um, base game comes with Night of the Zealot, which is the first sort of short campaign. It's got yeah. three scenarios, scenarios or whatever. I think. Yeah, chapters. Um, and so the expansion campaigns that you get generally will have eight um, mm-hmm. scenarios, but you have to buy most of those individually. So, I mean, unfortunately, Arkham Horror is not an inexpensive game to play. No, it is also 
one to two players in the base game. That's right. If you want to play three to four players, you have to buy a second base. But you do not have to buy second versions of the expansions. Right. So, um, but yeah, if you if you want to play three to four players, you have to have two sets of the... And part of that is because it comes with four characters that you mm-hmm. can play in the base. And... I thought it was four. Six. Maybe it's six? Yeah. Okay. Six. But and some of them use the same cards. Yeah. So, yeah. so you just couldn't p- p- build a full deck right. with one. Um, but then when you get... So Rachel mentioned the campaigns. But the campaign is like another base set, basically. Mm-hmm. And then there's like six or something individual chapters that you buy mm-hmm. separately that need to be played in order yeah. for the most part. Yeah. Because they, they build story. Mm-hmm. They continue. You get experience points throughout that allow you to... And there's story elements that you need to keep track of, right? So something that you do in the first scenario of a campaign might impact something that happens in the fifth scenario of that same campaign. Yeah, Um, the second campaign we played, which was the... Forgotten Age. Yeah, we kind of made some bad choices early, and it ended up kicking our butt throughout the whole thing. Yeah, it really did screw us. Um, So we've played through two of them entirely. We've played through Dunwich Legacy, and we've played through um, Forgotten Age. Mm -hmm. Dunwich Legacy, I think, was preferred by both of us. Yeah. Uh, Forgotten Age was a lot harder. Yeah. I will definitely play that one again um, with different characters and, again, making different choices from the beginning. Um, yeah, and you can you can absolutely play it alone. In fact, our friend Brian has been playing alone more mm-hmm. than not. And he actually plays, like, two characters, I yeah, think is what he, he was saying. Yeah, he plays two investigators and then... Um, and just does it on its own. On his own. So, um, and I think it would be. I mean, Matt and I like to play together. But like, you know, if we are ever in a situation again where Matt was out of town on a business trip, like I might try to play um, by myself. You kept threatening to to replay certain scenarios alone. Yeah, I did, but I just couldn't figure out how to make it work. I mean, yeah, it seemed like they were going to be just as hard. Um, mm-hmm. Because we had one that we just utterly failed on. But so there's also some standalones. There so are you don't have to play the whole campaign. Yeah, exactly. So if like, if Buying that and then being like, oh, then I, anyway, it looked really expensive when I started, yeah. first started looking at it. And it is, it is, I have spent quite a bit of money on it. I mean, a few yeah. hundred dollars, like, yeah, but it's we not like it's been much. thousands <laughs> or, I mean, of dollars, but, but I haven't, yeah, I haven't done anything else. Yeah. Um, this is our travel. We're traveling to, uh, um, well, it was like Central America in Forgotten Age. Yeah. Um, but what's the, the, the. The whole thing is kind of around... Um, Massachusetts? <laughs> who's the freaking horror author, oh. Cthulhu guy? <laughs> Why am I drawing a blank? Uh, Lovecraft. Lovecraft. Yeah, it's so it's Lovecraftian. Lovecraft-themed. Yeah. Um, um, so is Betrayal in the House of the Hill vaguely. Um, that's more of a nod, but this one actually has quotes from yeah. his books. Right. Uh, so, to, you know... It's not racist, His horrible though. racism aside, yeah. Um, it does have characters of all races that you can play. Um and uh, the men and women. Yeah, and so I, I would actually really highly recommend this. We still haven't really talked about like the mechanic of how it works because it is weird. It is a card game. Right. You build a deck and you you pull cards, and that's sort of like what assets or events or skills you can use mm-hmm. while you have those in your hand. There's lots of rules that modify what cards you pull or don't pull and how those cards work, and you build your deck around like a type of player, like their right. archetypes. Um, like right now I'm playing like a, well, he's a journalist, so he's good at, you know, investigating things and finding out information. Yeah, um, it's kind of around willpower, knowledge, 
strength for fighting things, knowledge is for finding things. There's a lot of clues you need to find. Mm -hmm. And then there's like dexterity for more agile things. Um, but for each scenario or chapter in the game that you're playing, there's like agenda cards and act cards. And the agenda is generally sort of the bad news mm -hmm. stuff that happens. And you're basically trying to fight against a doom clock happening. Right. Every round you add a new doom to that. And then you're trying to solve certain actions and find enough clues or whatever it is to, to advance the the act part of it before the before. agenda goes that mm -hmm. you're usually in a better spot. And the the board, again, is not a board, but there's like location cards that you yeah. draw or explore or are predefined and are connected to each other. So you move between rooms. Mm -hmm. Each room has its own explanation. So it is pretty replayable too, but I think it's one you'd want to replay in between or... Yeah, give yourself a little bit of time yeah. um, in between. Like, um, and actually my suggestion is if you're interested... Um, you know, buy the course that play through uh, Night of the Zealot. Um, mm -hmm. And then if you want to experiment around with different characters, I would buy one of the standalone sets, um, especially either um, the Cairo one, which is what we're playing now, which is called um, Guardians, Guardians of the of Abyss. The Abyss. Or um, Murder at the Excelsior Hotel, yeah. I think. Yeah, that was a good one. Because those... Um, are really quite replayable because they have very different conditions depending on what cards you draw. And um, mm -hmm. you can really just kind of mess around with different character decks and that's only like an additional $20 outlay. So yeah. you can have a lot of fun with those. The fun part about the campaigns though is when you buy the campaign base sets, it usually comes with New two or four more investigators. So you can like really kind of shake it up. Um, so we're not... We, we might be back to at least one of the original ones. Um, but we also replay some of the individual chapters because we're like, we'll get halfway through it and we're like, we're going to not do this. Right. So we'll stop and reset and play again. Um, Which is what we did last night and what we're going to finish yeah. after we get done recording. It can also be a very frustrating game. but mm -hmm. uh, And this is the one we were talking about. It, it's highly, highly difficulty adjustable. Right, yeah. So you're... Successes or failures are based on tokens that you draw out of a bag. You can make that bag of tokens harder or easier based on, you know, what sort of spectrum of um, pluses and minuses you put in there. Mm -hmm. uh, we have always played on easy. We've been playing even easier than on the like. I would I would recommend getting Forgotten Age. Is that what it's called, Forgotten Age? Mm -hmm. The second campaign. Mm -hmm. It has some cool stuff in it. I like the story, but it was so hard. It was really frustrating. I would definitely play with some other ones first. Um, and then try that one once you've yeah. gone through all the other ones. Yeah. Um, yeah don't start with that hard. one because yeah. it, it'll turn you off. I think so too. I mean, but Night of the Zealot is pretty, is pretty... Oh yeah, yeah. It's manageable. It yeah. is. I mean, there's some parts of it that are really hard. Um, so... But it, like, yeah, we play the easy because we like the story, but even with the easy, it's... Challenging. Yeah. I mean, like you're going to end up not in good shape sometimes. You're going to have people die. Yeah. Um, there's all these people on Reddit yeah. who are like playing it on hard and I'm like, I don't know you guys how, are bonkers. Yeah, if anybody's listening to this and plays it on hard, how do you do it? What are we building wrong in our decks? Yeah. I mean, maybe if you have one deck that carries over for multiple campaigns and it's just incredibly... Because you get experience points, you can buy up better cards. Mm -hmm. But 
like at the end of both of the campaigns we've played, one of them, my character was down on sanity, yeah. so it always would have been down on sanity. And the other one, the ending was that <laughs> one of them we were, were in a different like universe forever, so yeah. um, so we couldn't play those characters again. Yeah, we also play, I wouldn't say fast and loose with the rules, but we allow for changes. Like when we were playing one of the campaigns, I think it was The Forgotten Age, we got a couple of things in it was like my deck just wasn't working so we just had another person show up mm -hmm. um i mean yeah. just do do what you need to to make it fun right um, yeah all of these games are supposed to be fun so yeah. i i i fiddle with the rules a little bit to make it so that matt doesn't look like he wants to punch things <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, and this one does take a while it does right it's, it's a significant alley of time i honestly our dining room table has just been like arkham horror for the months. pandemic um and we i mean we did this anyway it's not like we shifted our eating habits but we've been eating mostly in front of the tv or outside when yeah. it was not you know a million degrees in atlanta uh -huh. um i've yeah anyway i could go on etsy all kinds of all kinds of accessories you yeah. can get on etsy yeah fun boxes yeah if you, if you have played it let us know what you think let us know which one your favorite yeah, campaign and is. we'll quit. We'll quit waxing on about Arkham yeah. Horror, but we have spent a lot of our pandemic playing it. And yeah. I mean, if you if you like games and if you like things that are challenging and also sort of story oriented, like I definitely recommend it. I mean, yeah. the one friend that I've bought it for is also now obsessed with it. So mm -hmm. um, I know we got a trade. He's got a campaign we don't have. I know. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was my initial plan, but then he bought Dunwich Legacy. So. He, he can't control himself. I know. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll be back in between major episodes with a mini-sode, hopefully, with yeah. uh, an unboxing of whatever this next one is. Yep. More crunching. Yeah. We'll and make munching. that one shorter. And munching. Crunching and munching. Crunching and munchings. <laughs> and uh, anyways, that's Gergi from uh, yeah. Friday and Chronicles. All right. All Stay right. safe. Wash your hands. Wear your mask, everybody. Yep. Hope everybody is doing okay. Yep. Play some games. Yep. You can check us out at anchor.fm slash reinitin, that's spelled R-E-I-N-I-T-I-N, all one word, no spaces, and you can leave us a message there. You can also follow us at Instagram at reinitin underscore podcast, or email us at reinitin at ssdpress.org, also spelled R-E-I-N-I-T-I-N at s-s-d-p-r-e-s-s dot org. Thanks again to all of our friends and family for all the support and for putting up with us. Have a great day.